Hi again. Uh, welcome back to the podcast. It's me, Becca. This time we have a fantastic interview, as always. Don't want to toot our own horn. Uh, but no, it's a good one with Simon Herfeller, the trumpet soloist and barista. Um, the fact that we start off talking about how incredibly warm it is where he is might indicate that we did this some time ago, uh, kind of in the early, early days of summer 2023. Uh, it's very, very chilly right now, so it's kind of hard to imagine sitting in the same room kind of sweltering. But yeah, it was this year, just a few months ago. Uh, it was a pleasure to speak to Simon. I mean, obviously, he's one of my trumpet idols. I'd always kind of seen him floating around on the old Instagram or albums or whatever, and he always seemed a bit kind of, I don't know, just like adventurous, and I was always excited to hear him play, let alone excited to talk to him on Zoom. I admit I was uh, unfortunately very hungover, so you don't hear very much from me suspiciously. Uh, anyway, yeah, a little life update from me. Things are busy. I feel like I always say that. Think, yeah, things are busier this term because I've started my level four diploma in counselling, which means I'm doing a bit more kind of, my hours are a lot more packed in for less money or no money so I'm trying to kind of make up where I can by working teaching or cat sitting or whatever so it's a bit busier there but there also have been some really lovely experiences this week I was um, recording in Stroud and kind of the Bristol area Gloucester area um, with an artist called Cosmo Sheldrake who I hadn't really been that familiar with his work before but it was just such a different experience for me you know as a classically trained trumpet player to go and do a more uh, I don't even know how you would describe the genre of music but definitely not classical there was even some improvisation oh my goodness so it was definitely outside my comfort zone mixed in with the fact that I was being hosted by somebody that I didn't know very generously and uh, I was working with people that I didn't know in an area that I didn't know all these things that can tend to make me a little bit on edge or kind of socially a bit burnt out uh, and I, I am really proud of myself for just saying yes going along doing the job and and I had a really great time and you kind of forget that you don't have to be the best at the thing that you're doing you just have to do a good job and get along with people there it was it was just so much more about how you're getting along with other people and working with people than you know the tone or the articulation or the tuning I mean of course those things are important but it was just such a good reminder of oh my goodness, music can be so fun. And I am qualified to do this. Maybe not a massive jazz solo, but I am qualified to do some prop, prop, props, you know, or whatever it is. Um, maybe a bit reductive, but I had a great time. Yeah, there have been a few awful things happen in life and some really, really great things happen in life. And I'm just trying to balance my emotional uh, roller coaster in life at the moment so hopefully the next time you hear from me life will be a bit more middle of the road no surprises thank you so that's probably enough from me to be honest um there'll be a chatty episode with me out at some point and Hattie but for now let's hand over to me Hattie and Simon enjoy things musicians don't talk about is supported by the Royal Society of Musicians 
Since 1738, they have been providing vital financial assistance, advice and guidance to music professionals unable to work due to accident, illness, stress or anxiety. Whether you're working as a performer, administrator, technician or teacher and everything in between, they're there to help. If you know of someone in need, you can contact them in confidence by visiting their website, which is www.rsmgb.org, or you can contact them by ringing 020-7629-6137. Support their work by becoming a member or donating today. Hello and welcome to Things Musicians Don't Talk About with your hosts Hattie Butterworth and me, Rebecca Toll. Within our vibrant musical world, it can often feel that the struggles and humanity of musicians is lost and restricted. Having both suffered in silence with mental, physical and emotional issues, we are now looking for a way to voice musicians' stories, discuss them further and to connect with the many others who suffer like we have. No topic will be out of bounds as we are committed to raising awareness for all varieties of struggle. So join me, Hattie and guests as we attempt to bring an end to stigma by uncovering the things musicians don't talk about. everyone we're here today on zoom very excitingly with the amazing Simon Herfler. great to be here and Hattie is here as well we were just saying it's rather warm where you are in Carlsruhe Wave warm yeah we've had some chilly Fine here chilly times recently it's been lovely I can't believe we're starting with the chilly. weather Hattie this- yeah I mean it's you have a German on your podcast we have to talk about the weather maybe part of this is going to have to be in German but can you tell us a bit about like what you've been up to at the moment like what's the summer looking like for you are you out and about trumpeting everywhere or what's going on no okay um, i do have some concerts before my summer break but it's pretty chill actually i do have two more concerts coming up i'm basically free I have some other projects in august but it's not really something where i where i do play so it's pretty relaxed one recital in one and a half weeks or something like mm. recorded now and some some other concert after that so it's it's fine but I, I was it... too late now to the recording here because I was practicing. So I that. <laughs> <laughs> is that like you have a bit of like a more relaxed summer as like a like on purpose, like you wanted to give yourself a break or was it just by accident? Something a bit of both, I guess. I'm not a big fan of festivals. I hate to play outside. Open air things is just a killer for the chops for anyone who's wondering why that guy is hating to play outside. I mean, it's nice to have a chill summer evening, but personally, I think classical music does not work really well outside if you don't have the acoustics. It's not about the music anymore. And then I'm, I couldn't care less, actually, because I, I, I don't want to play the trumpet because I love the trumpet because I actually don't love the trumpet so much. It's a good tool to make music. I prefer not to play open air. I'm always very happy if I'm not very busy in the summer. Also, if it's like 3000 degrees outside, I just don't want to play my heart out and die on stage. That's not what I want to do. Mm -hmm. I feel like you've already given us so much to draw. (laughs) It's like, yes, the honesty is just like right there from the start. We love it. That's really interesting (laughs) though about the like not loving the trumpet 
as an instrument, but more as like a vessel to make music with. Because I feel like Rebecca said similar things before. How like, it's not as if it's something that you like, your heart and soul is like, you know, your whole identity is kind of surrounding it. How did Simon and the trumpet come together, end up in this incredible multifaceted solo career? Can you tell us um, the kind of journey of that? The journey, the journey is pretty boring, actually. Obviously, yeah, go, go on, I don't mind boring. Like, in front of a big mirror, I have a small trumpet, which is basically like a far fanfare instrument yep. thingy, which my father bought when it was basically mid of the 90s. And it was basically just a decoration for hanging on the wall. And that's it, like with 10 bucks from eBay or something. I was like five years old and grabbed this instrument and played on it. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I want to play trumpet. So, and from there on, I just wanted to be a trumpeter. And it helped through my school time and to the puberty that I was a pretty weird child. <laughs> I was that weird dude who made music. I basically had no friends. Went to all of the orchestras, the youth orchestras in Germany's and in Germany, and, and, and later on in the Gustav Mahler Youth Orchestra, which is international. And I loved it, and I played it. And my goal actually was to be an orchestra trumpet player because I think most of the time, if you're studying music, that's the normal goal to be an orchestra trumpet player or a, a music teacher. I never wanted to be a music teacher. That was clear from the beginning. I aimed to get a job in a of course, uh, everybody dreams to be a, a solo trumpet player, a principal trumpet in a, in a great orchestra. And that was my goal too. And that changed through some competitions I won. I think the last one was the Deutsche Musikwettbewerb, German music competition in 2016. I thought, okay, if I want to try actually continuing to play um, those solo pieces, which each and every competition is just made out of solo pieces, which I really enjoyed and I actually felt for myself I do enjoy that more and I think I am better at that than being an orchestra trumpet player I'm less nervous I, I do somehow that that was my thing and I thought okay if I want to try it to be a proper soloist I should look out get an agency or someone to help me basically to pursue my my goals and my my career goals and what whatsoever I had no idea by, <laughs> by that time but I thought if I want to try, I need an agency, I need a manager. That's what I looked out for. And I found, and I really luckily found a very small and very, very good manager. Not that my manager is small, but you know, the agency. <laughs> um, That's he's a brilliant tall, image. actually. A um, teeny tiny manager. Exactly. I have it always in my pocket here. Yeah. That's my manager. <laughs> That's terrifying. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. He's fantastic. He's He's really cool. And I couldn't be more happy with him today and in the last years, which is incredible luck. And I also had just incredible luck with my teachers. I had incredible luck with everything. It's not about if you are the very best and, and, and anything. It's just like if you have the most luck, basically. I mean, of course, you have to be good. It's fun to play, and I wouldn't play it if I hate it. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's not like my my whole personality surrounds the brassiness about, of yeah, it. which mouthpiece and it's blah blah blah. It's, it's, yeah. I don't care less. And I have to I'm just remind myself to, to to clean the trumpet uh, each and every five years kind of so it's like, oh yeah, maybe I should give them a little bit love. Yeah. Right? <laughs> You're nodding. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Too many trumpets. So, I, I'm very thankful to to be able to make music 
and to make a good living out of that. But I couldn't do just that. So I need other stuff. So uh, when you ask me what I was about to do in the in the summer, just maybe I should add that because it is pretty pretty busy, and I'm I'm going to release a new podcast. No way! Hey, welcome yeah, so to I, the world. I'm, I'm going to have my own podcast, which is released end of this month. So this was a lot of work. Is so, it Auf Deutsch? It is Auf Deutsch. So oh. if there are any German listeners, you should check, check that out. What's it going to be called? What is it called? It has a half English name. Classic Crush. <gasps> ah. Classic Crush. Classical Crush, basically. So I'm talking with um, a guest always about music and about what they do love beside that. And we have a playlist and company that. And we. Oh. it took so long to prepare because it's produced by the WDR, which is a like a, like a huge radio station in Germany, Westdeutscher Rundfunk, and it took really long. But finally, it's official and, whew, yeah. Well done. It's, it's That's happening. crazy. I yeah. thought you, you said gonna... it was called. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were both thinking the like... same thing. Is it <laughs> like a talking with your crushes? <laughs> oh yeah. Exactly. It's uh, it's a Tinder podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Or like you describe your crushes, your classical crush, but no one says their name and you just have to like guess who it is. Damn. Yeah. I see you are. Maybe that's season podcast. two. I don't know. <laughs> that's all, you know. Like that game, you know, guess who? And you're like, yeah. do they have brown hair? And then it's do like, they wear yeah. glasses? Even we could play that in German. Yeah. <laughs> you should you should you should be guessed but it's on german so but we can try it would be incredibly basic i mean it would be fun just duolingo over the summer and then yeah and then we're then we're invited on siemens podcast yeah but duolingo is like my elephant ate a sandwich <laughs> the, the germans love that stuff like come on it's fine <laughs> the germans do what they love they love that sort of content yes Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Rebecca said, well, when we were trying to arrange talking to you, she said there are these days where uh, Simon is working as a barista, so he cannot partake. That's true. Um, <laughs> I nearly had to work uh, today, but I said, no, I can't. I, have to. I want to know about this because we're both kind of coffee obsessed. Am I right in thinking this is not necessarily a means of making money? Is it more of a passion? Yeah, exactly. T- it's basically, tell us about it. It got a passion when I started working on it because in the first I started working as a barista during COVID, during all those mm-hmm. lockdown periods. And then a friend of mine told me, let's go to that new fancy specialty coffee, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I drink any coffee, basically, at that time. <laughs> now I'm a really big coffee snob. So, <laughs> Ooh, dangerous time. So <laughs> we went there and then they said, oh, we are hiring. You want to join? It was like, yeah, sure, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then I applied and I thought, ha yeah, I'm going to be a fuck. I'm going, I'm a Brewster now. <laughs> now. Now I'm working there. And then it, then they, they offered me the job. I did it and I learned everything. And it was a bit terrifying because I never in my life worked in a, a cafe or anything like it. So I never... So many things you could do wrong, like opening a shift, closing a shift, and then well, how how is it going to work with the tips? And gee, and I'm so bad at math. Oh my god! <laughs> also, just making yeah, latte art it was like yeah, we're we're happy to have you, but it would be nice if latte art works actually now. <laughs> it's like yeah, sure. No, I mean now it works, but we want you to make swans, Seaman. We want swans. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes I can. 
<laughs> you continued being a barista because of your love of it. Was there a point where you were like, maybe I'll like stop doing this and just focus back on music again? Or was it like, no, like what did being a barista give you outside of music? Well, as you know, as a musician, you need to go on stage and pretend everything's so great. <laughs> and not every time. Yeah. It, it's not it's not great every time. But when when I when I go to the cafe, it's it's just basically like a paid therapy. I have to really let go of anything which bothers me, but because I have to think and do and be quick and next one. Okay, now I have to clean. Now I have to do that. Now I have to do five laminates, three flat white, blah, boom, da, where, where's the cinnamon bun? Ah, no, it's it's already there. Oh, shit, I made twice. Ah, that's the wrong order. And so <laughs> it, it's it's very stressful. It's great. It's it's fantastic, but it's so stressful. A different it, kind of stress. Exactly. It's a different kind of stress. And it's basically like pushing the reset button on your on your brain and yeah. it wipes everything out. And then you come back. Of course, you are um, physically done for the day. Mm. I'm not going to do sports after that. Whew, that's exhausting. Um, but it's great. It's it's you feel so it's basically like coming from the gym and had a fantastic workout. And then you're thinking mm. that helped me physically and first of all, mentally. So that's basically what I do. And I have lovely colleagues. Oh, that's so nice. That is so nice. Um, have you had any negative reactions to you being a barista alongside being a trumpet player? No, not really. I'm pretty sure that there are people who think, ooh, he needs to be a barista now. But I think those people are the, the people who don't tell me that, basically. Mm. But I, I don't care. I mean, they can think whatever they want. Mm. It, it, sometimes... I mean, Karlsruhe is a small city. So sometimes there are people who recognize me and then, but they don't recognize me as a barista and they look at me and they're like, why do I know you? Like, yeah, yeah we studied together. <laughs> ah, uh, like, yeah. that's so funny. Uh, <laughs> something like that. Um, it's like you're full from, I think, oh, has he fallen from fame? Like, you nah, know. everybody recognizes me because I'm so famous. Yes, of yeah. course. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think you're quite famous. I do have some people, some trumpet players who, who recognize me, which made me feel, of course, so so great. It's the uh, best. It's not, um, how you say, a regularity mm. to be recognized by, by someone. But I, I don't do that for that. I get to drink the best coffee during work. I get paid for that. I have lovely colleagues, new friends. What's not to and, love, honestly? And I, I even get paid for that. Not much, but wow. it adds up. You're so, making me want to be a barista now. <laughs> I, that's honestly the thing I would recommend to basically anyone. I have a good friend of mine who is so jealous of, of it from the beginning. <laughs> oh. You maybe you know him, uh, Ryan, Ryan Bancroft. He's he's. Oh like, yeah, oh, yeah. Jesus. Oh my, I want it. I have that coffee next. I, I want it. I so bad. You think I can't do it? Oh, I would I would I would love him to do it. So maybe we. Could I think Ryan it. is far too busy. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I'm pretty sure he should make time, but too busy. Hattie. You would be a bad barista. <laughs> I would. I was a barista. Well, I wasn't a barista, but I worked in a hotel that had a coffee machine. So I had to make coffee, but it was dreadful. But why would why would you be a bad barista? I don't She's know. She likes to. Out. Oh, right. It's very stressful if there's a line, 10 people waiting <laughs> and being, where's my coffee? But, and you know, Germans can be mm, very. Vote is to mine coffee. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes. 
So we actually, well, I don't know if this was the first time Rebecca saw you, but we saw you play last summer at this Classical Life Live. Oh. At Alexandra Palace. Yes, yeah. We were there. You were there. We were there. there. And this kind of, I think this is what kind of sparked the idea of talking to you. But also you've kind of, you've had some, quite a lot of relationships with, with UK orchestras and even your latest CD is with the BBC Symphony Orchestra. Even my which, first one. Your first one? Like, no, no, not my first one, but the first one with, uh, with that label I'm working now. So, oh, so, what, so what label is BBC, it? BBC National Orchestra of Wales. It's, uh, the label is called Berlin Classics. Oh, wow. It's a, it's a pretty big independent label in Germany, but I think internationally it's not that well known. It's ba- something, I guess, like maybe like Naive Records from France, which is really big in France, but maybe not everyone abroad know, knows about it. I don't want to talk shit about Naive or any label. So if You're not talking <laughs> shit. You're right. just saying it's very hipster and cool. It's, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm very happy because the CDs and the albums always look very good. So mm-hmm. they have a very good distinguished style and they pay a lot of attention, which not every uh, label yeah. does. That's fair enough to say. Yeah, I'm I'm very picky when it comes to to something like that because if I if I play my ass off and do everything to make a good recording and then it looks it looks very bad, then I wouldn't be very happy. It doesn't <laughs> so, represent what, like the project you want to. Sometimes it can be very very easy to make it look fantastic and timeless, and I think they have a good sleek design language. They always try to produce the albums. But of course, that's not the, the only reason. <laughs> there is, that's a nice side effect. You do photography as well, right? I do. Another thing. That was basically my thing before before coffee came along. I, I can't do everything. Now also with the podcast and photography and being a barista, I'm just realizing I'm checking all the hipster marks. I'm also into <laughs> both. Ooh, that's Ooh, very, yeah. that's very um, something. Jesus Christ. Red flag. Um, it's like bingo. <laughs> it's the bingo, yeah. <laughs> it's just really interesting to me how, like, you've introduced three new works, I guess, or, like, lesser-known contemporary works through this album rather than doing... I mean, I think you've done, like, Haydn and that before. Is yeah, that right? that was yeah. the album with the BBC Scottish and the BBC National Orchestra of Wales. Okay, so this one is... Christian Yost, who I love, Toshio Hosekaya, who I also love, and Zimmerman, who I also love. So I was just like, (laughs) (laughs) who I actually really hate. No. Um, But can you tell us about like contemporary music and the trumpet and why you wanted to showcase these composers who like I only know because I worked for their publisher? So two of them anyway. Why do you want to? bring this kind of contemporary trumpet music to the fore through this album? I do think basically a very plain explanation for for these three pieces. I think these are the big three in the contemporary world for, for, for the trumpet, at least for me. There are many, many different ones, but I think they work also very, very good together. And with this, nobody knows, and the, you have the, this spiritual in your in your head, and then it comes from Christian Joost, this Chet Baker thing and the being lost thing from Hosokawa, 
which just makes much sense to, to put it together. I know it's very heavy music. It's very depressing in a way, but it, it needs to be that. I, I think, I mean, I, I do love Haydn and Hummel and, and, and stuff, which is very uplifting, very nice music, so to say. But if you have that, you're going to need to have the others as well. So like when I go to the cafe and I come back and I'm refreshed to play trumpet, if I have concerts with Zimmermann, Joost, Hosokawa, Zarenka, Simpson, you name it, it's basically any contemporary stuff. And I come back and play Haydn, it's a different thing. And I, I do feel refreshed on that side on vice versa to the other. Um, it's basically the same thing, just scaled down or scaled up. I like to play different kinds of music and to be in touch with the composer, to really know how the music is meant. And for some reason, music from today just gives me, right now, music from today, contemporary music, just gives me so much that I just want to do it. And mm. I can't explain it uh, really, really well, but each and every time I get the chance to meet a new composer, work with him or her, and maybe even just a world premiere piece written for me, it's, just, it's the most amazing thing. It's amazing. So Does it feel like a risk, though, sort of not going down the commercial route of recording and recording things everyone knows and or even doing, you know, film music for trumpet or something like that. You know, what was the risk? Was there a risk there? Or Yeah, I hate that. So <laughs> it's it's an easy decision. So mm. just music for commercial stuff or being nice or looking nice or whatever. I couldn't care less. <laughs> I don't listen to it. I don't care about it. I the only thing which this music does with me is I'm getting triggered if if it's too much in my face. Imagine if my manager would say, yeah, do that more. I would say, no, I'm doing it even less. Or, mm. or if, if if someone, if some festival wants to do that, I'm 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 getting angry when I when I have to to play. Like uh, you're being put down a particular route that's like not, Yeah, no, I, I mean I, I didn't I didn't want to go to the contemporary route because I uh, want to do something else and I want to blah 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 being a protester. No, no. But the contemporary music gives me so much more than any other kind of music. And with any other kind of music, I mean this in my opinion, just very bland and just quote unquote nice music. I, mm. I don't care if it sounds nice or if it's Matthias Pinscher. Like Matthias Pinscher, when you have this air tongue noises and and it's so much happening and so contemporary and it's rough music but in the end you play the whole piece like 12 minutes and you go through with it and you really explore the area on the trumpet where it's basically can you hear it is it is it is it there is there like on, on really on that edge it's just so much better than anything any I don't know those. I don't want to name certain pieces because, but I think we all know the kind of very nice music, mm -hmm. which kind of André Rieu, like, oh, let's name one piece. Uh, if you compare that to um, Carnival of Venice, for who's example. This, who's that by? I never played it and I will never play it in my whole life. This Not is for like a million most pounds. Disgusting, most disgusting piece of music <laughs> in the whole. It's horrible. <laughs> It's the worst. It's the absolute worst. It's so refreshing to like hear you talk so like bluntly and like so honestly about this stuff. I think often we come across people that are quite like 
hesitant to maybe say how they really feel to have an opinion as a musician yeah. is like especially as a soloist yeah. i think yeah yeah i'm i'm, I'm not thanks <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying it to have an opinion but it's just that's how i feel i don't feel anything for for this kind of just nice music it's very boring at a certain point i mean mm. of course it's it's nice if you play it once or twice but i think at, from the third time on it's getting just repeated mm. noises basically and then i want to make actually um contemporary contemporary music where it's basically noises literally noises but there's so much more in that than in just playing carnival of venice mm -hmm. i think it's also refreshing to hear I don't know, you have these passions, you do them, you don't care what other people think, you're going to do what you like doing. And I yeah. think that's that's very powerful. And particularly, I don't know if it's the same as in, I don't know, in London and the UK, it feels like people are really having to do a lot of stuff that they don't want to do. I'm in a very fortunate position to be able to be picky. I'm basically always the boss. I have a great management who's asking me, do you want to do that? Is that how you want to do it? You can say no if you just don't want to do it. And so I was incredibly lucky to have the exact right partners for, for, for what I want to do and what I want to play. And I don't have to worry about money. Everything's fine. So I, if I don't want to play a gig because they want me to play Carnival of Venice, I don't play it. I know if, it, if I would live in London and my, my expenses would be like 10 times higher, I'm pretty sure I would have played. So all you would do is Carnival in Venice. In Venice. <laughs> yeah, all of that. Exactly. <laughs> Every day. It will be every day. The Albert Hall. Simon again. Fucking Carnival of Venice. Yet again. Okay, if it's a world Albert Hall, we could we can talk about it. We could change our minds. When you were studying and everything, did you always have this innate sense of I'm gonna do what I believe in? Or was there ever a time when you really felt you had to conform to like the expectations of your teacher or classical music in Germany or any of that? Speaking again about being lucky, like my whole family are classical musicians. I always had the support of them. And it's never been something I had to do. Not from my parents when I was young, not from anyone when I was a bit older, not from my teachers. I do live in Karlsruhe and I do live in Karlsruhe because I studied here with Reinhold Friedrich and I met Reinhold when I was 12. And I had the, the incredible luck and uh, honor to, to be his student from yeah, age 12 on. And Reinhold is basically a big child himself. He's just so in so interested in anything and is doing anything and is basically soaking up every idea of anyone like like a sponge, basically, and and, and gives it to to the to his students. And it, everybody is just it's very inspiring to have lessons with Reinhold. And I think that's why I never felt bored in my mm. 13 or 14 years with him as a, as a student. He was basically my only teacher. So I, I, we had a lot of master classes from other people and he was like, yeah, go there, go there, or come to my master class in the summer. There is also Christian Steinstorp or Luis Gonzalez or Gabo Takövi or whatever. So like really great teachers as well. It's great, but it was just very inspiring to um, mm. even just have only Reinhold as a teacher because he kicked open every door and it was like, want to do it? Check it out. Wow. I don't care. Next one, bam. Next one. Bam. So it was. It was. It was really. It was really fun. It was never about 
ja, mm, yeah, you have to do more Haydn and more uh, Probespielstellen, and then you have to do that and only that, and how dare you to play Hindemith um, or something. <laughs> it's never, I've never been like, or vice versa. Of course, you should play a bit of Haydn, you should play orchestral excerpts if you want to get a job in an orchestra. But he always searched out new pieces and like, you know, Karl Amadeus Hartmann, you know, blah, 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 that composer, you know, that composer. Do that, do that. Uh, or he, he took me with him 2012 when we played the world premiere of, of Matthias Pinscher's Double Concerto. And he just, he asked me, Simon, what are you doing in the summer? And I was like, I'm not doing anything. I'm in my first semester. <laughs> I don't do anything I'm doing this summer. So um, he was like, yeah, then you're coming with me to the Schleswig-Holstein Music Festival and we're going to play a world premiere by a contemporary composer. Wow. Which was, I mean, it, it, it's fucking Matthias Pinscher. So it, <laughs> it's not, it's not any, it's not some random guy. No. <laughs> he must have really trusted you and like vice versa. Yeah. He, That's he so huge. So much trust. And it was like, oh yeah, you're coming with me. You play the other solo part. Ah, okay. I'm going to cry. And, it's so cute. And I've never played any contemporary stuff up until then i think i played mm -hmm. a bit of hense or something but i mean that's not really contemporary and i played it just like i played it not because i mm -hmm. think wow i do love yeah. Hans-Werder hense nah, no i have no <laughs> idea I have absolutely no idea i was just like okay whatever and then i went there or i saw the the, the scores first and i was just completely freaking out because i've never seen anything like that and i was i was it was of course pushed in into cold water i was like swim or <laughs> or don't and then from there i just realized that i that i love it so much so he was i say can you say maybe pushy in a good sense he gave me so much trust and he just said yeah you're going to do it and it's going to be amazing and since then i first had very good connections to matthias pincher and secondly of course i got to 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 be in love with contemporary music which is phenomenal stuff like that doesn't happen with with many other teachers i'm, I'm sure so reinhold really put over buckets of inspiration each and every day. I mean, that just shows why you're able to do these recording projects with such like freedom and, and confidence and confidence. Yeah. yeah. And I think sadly that is just so rare that a musician has that kind of like sensibility to just be themselves and be free in, in what they love to play and what they want to show the world. To round off our episodes, we usually do a win of the week. So it's like a small something that you're like proud of or happy about or something. Hattie, do you have any, do you have your win of the week? <laughs> yes, I think my win of the week has been, I've been like really focusing on detaching this week from sort of like that forced mindset we can get into of like really wanting something to happen and the more you kind of beg for it to happen that desperate energy can be quite off-putting I think and it can like hold us back a lot of the time and I've had that kind of desperate energy towards quite a lot of projects in my life and people in my life and stuff and I've kind of just been focusing this week on like detaching from that and being like if it's right it'll feel the energy will feel more magnetic and less like desperate from me so I've been like, yeah, I feel like it's been a win that I've discovered that I need to find more space to detach from that, like, desperation. And, I mean, nothing miraculous has happened yet, but it just feels more free to mm. live like that. So it's quite a, quite a kind of spiritual one, but... Deep. 
That is quite miraculous, though. If you, if it works out, we'll see. (laughs) Simon, do you have anything that comes to mind? I do have a book actually where I write down each each night what I what I like about the day. So you're perfectly uh, equipped to answer the question. (laughs) So prepared. So the win of the week for me. Something similar like you, basically. I just thought, okay, I'm 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 not not too stressed about practicing each and every day like like absolutely mm. crazy. So I'm trying to relax a bit more. I don't have to practice crazy, crazy, crazy right now. Mm. It's a bit more relaxed. So I need to tell myself, do chill out on the trumpet. It's not it's not the end of the world if piccolo trumpet doesn't work each and every day or something. And also, like a few days ago, like my podcast got um, officially yeah. released, so that's why that's that's a pretty big win. But I, that just happened, so that was just random. That I just happened this week. Yeah, classic crush. Classic crush. Yes. Classic, classic crush. crush. Leave a like. Ooh, yeah. Subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> you can cut that out. <laughs> no, no, we no, want everyone. We no want no everyone promotion to for, others, for others. Um, no, we love promoting other people's stuff. <laughs> It's very exciting. Rebecca, do you have a win? I guess like kind of similar to you guys, it's more like a a mindset thing, but I've just been spending a bit of like time by myself trying to sit with my feelings and thoughts and everything and not trying to, I don't know, just enjoying the space as the kind of summer arrives, just being like, I'm just going to sit and write or read or just, do nothing like not fill it with stuff yeah yeah Yeah. and also I've had quite a lot of time by myself because my partner's away at the moment so that's quite big for me to be able to spend time by myself in like a healthy way that's been pretty nice we're amazing look at us everyone we're we're (laughs) we're all good (laughs) we're all good well this has been such a good chat I mean, so I don't know what I expected, but I didn't expect <laughs> it to be this good for some reason. Another trumpet player. Another amazing, open, incredible trumpet player. So, Thank Simon. Thank you so much for the invitation. It was, was very fun indeed. No, Thank it's you. been really great. And so nice to learn more about you and your and other things. And everybody go listen to Classic Crush when it's out on, when is it out? First episode is going to be out on 30th of July. So there's also going to be a lot of music in it. So you can you go. It. And then we, we listen to a lot of music in the podcast mm. and there's going to be a playlist and stuff. So, And how yeah, can people cool. find you on Instagram and stuff? What's your... It's my, it's my very German name, Simon Höfler, at Simon Höfler. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much.